Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ricky, what's up, man? Hey, this is episode 140 of the Brothers Brand Podcast. I'm doing fantastic. And that's because on this episode, we are bringing you all of the info you need to kick off, or should I say, hit a home run this MLB so season. Corny. Let's so go. Corny. So Let's corny. Go. So corny. Woo! We got the dad jokes before you're even a dad. <laughs> I'm in training. Good man. Yep. MLB preview show 2023. We actually have a ton to talk about for Major League Baseball. Holy crap, dude. They just totally revamped everything to try to get competitive in the marketplace, try to offer a better product uh, to the viewers. And I'm stoked to unpack this entire episode. We got so much stuff to talk about. That's right, Rob. And we're also going to lay out our predictions for MVP some division winners, mm-hmm. and who at the end of the season is going to hoist the commissioner's trophy. Hoist. Hoist the commissioner's trophy. It's America's pastime, the game we love. Let's play ball, Robbie. Let's do it, kid. Let's do it. Let's start off with the schedule for our listeners. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sports going on right now. We got the tail end of March Madness. Absolutely epic what's going on there. Uh, we got the Masters right here. Uh, we got NHL and 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 basketball uh, coming down the home stretch to the playoffs. And, you know, it's really important to get the dates down for Major League Baseball, stow them away, put them in the Google calendar. March 30th is opening day. That's right, Rob. It's upon us. It's <clears throat> a fresh slate. Everybody starts out zero and zero with an opportunity to achieve greatness this year hope Who's is gonna do it i don't know hope is in the air hope is in the air april 10th jackie robinson day rob that day is so cool because jackie robinson as everybody knows that listens to the brothers brand podcast broke the color barrier in major league baseball becoming the first african-american baseball player to play and he was recognized and honored not just for his play on the field, but his personal personal attributes, his um, quality uh, as a human being, and just yeah. his overall contributions to society by having his number 42 retired across all of Major League Baseball. No player will be seen ever again wearing the number 42, wow. but on this one day when everyone – says thank you to Jackie 
and a little tip of the hat, they wear the number 42 every player. It is very cool. It's a very cool day. Uh, Next up, we got April 29th and April 30th, where MLB is going on a world tour, and the Giants and the San Diego Padres are heading down south to go to Mexico City to play uh, back-to-back games there in Mexico City. Uh, Rick, I think this is fantastic for the sport. Uh, you're seeing it with the NFL going to London, going to Mexico City, going to places across the world. Um, I, I think it's amazing. What do you think? All leagues are doing it, Rob. And uh, if you're not growing globally, then you're not growing because all these leagues have recognized that there's so much more money to be had outside of the United States. There's so many more viewers that want to watch these sports And you're absolutely right. So let's get some rivalries together and let's showcase them in front of the world. So in late April, you'll have the game that you just alluded to, Mm -hmm. the matchup between the Giants and the Padres, two games, back-to-back days. And then the same exact thing is going to happen in June when the Cardinals and the Cubs go to London. So London uh, calling, London calling. I like that song. I've always enjoyed that song. <laughs> I don't necessarily care for your version of the song, but the original is oh, I, I am garbage. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rob, I have to talk about this next date on the calendar here. It's July 11th. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the 93rd All-Star game played in Major League Baseball, and it's going to take place at one of the ballparks that you and I have enjoyed uh, before. It's the T-Mobile Park in Seattle, home of the Mariners. I love that ballpark. I'd put that in top 10 in the country. I think so too. Uh, Luckily for our viewers and listeners, they're going to get a chance to hear our major league baseball stadium rankings coming up this spring. We're going to go through them one through 30, breaking them down. I'm super jazzed up about that. I know you're fired up about it. The real question is what is 30, which one's the worst ballpark in the country? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I would probably give it to the Oakland athletics at this point, Um, but we'll see. We'll see when that comes out. The anticipation. (laughs) I want to talk about the all-star game, Rob. I think major league baseball, at least for me, you look back at all these all-star games I mean, heck, think about it. The NFL has done away with their Pro Bowl. They don't mm-hmm. even do mm-hmm. it anymore. And to me, the NBA All-Star Game has gotten just ridiculous. Just I don't I don't watch it, actually. Um, the NHL All-Star Game, I don't necessarily understand the formats with the new uh, seedings yeah. and things. And shame on me for not diving in a little bit deeper on that. But uh, to me, it's been Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. It's the Midsummer Classic, as they call it. And, and uh, former podcast guest Todd Frazier has competed in the Home Run Derby the night before. I just think that one-two punch, yes, they've yeah. got the up-and-coming stars of Major League Baseball playing uh, as well. And, uh, softball, the I think that's the celebrity so- softball game. Exactly. So um, they do a bunch of things, but yeah. I just love the all-star game. I love yep. it. it's a little break in the, in the calendar year, in the summer. And uh, I can't wait for that game up in Seattle. Yeah. I'm excited for that game as well. Uh, you know, the uh, just speaking candidly here, baseball of all the sports really had to revamp and, and do these rule changes to keep up with pace of play, which we're going to get into in a little bit and, you know, keep the fans engaged. And they catch a lot of flack from all sports, right? 
um, for not being like as exciting and action packed as the other ones. Um, but the one thing they do right, like guaranteed is the all-star game because it's the only league where it truly matters who wins because that gives you home field advantage, right? Correct. For, uh, for the world series. Is that how it goes? Or do they change that? Uh, I think they changed that one up. That's the way it used to be. I think they've done oh, man, that well, recently. Scrap so. everything I said. So <laughs> <laughs> there's so many changes going on in the commissioner's office these days, Rob. Don't I don't fault you. <laughs> don't take it personal. One thing that's not changing is Major League Baseball is heading back to one of our favorite places in the world, and that's Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Rob, talk to the listeners about what they can expect on August twentieth. Uh, Williamsport, as I like to call it, so I actually never call it that, but Williams, <laughs> Williamsport, uh, it's the, uh, little league classic with the Phillies and the nationals. And this is such an epic game because, uh, it's August 20th. And that is when the little league world series is going on where you have 12 year olds from not just the U S but across the world competing against one another. It's what they dream of in Japan and Saudi Arabia and all these kids fighting to get to Williamsport, this tiny town in the middle of Pennsylvania. And over the course of the past decade, they've turned this Williamsport uh, Cutters is the single A team there. And they've decked out this stadium to make it really, really, really nice where it hosts a, 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 regular season game every year with uh, two teams. But what's so cool about it is such an intimate setting. It's really only what, like six, 10,000, 6,000 people, 5,000 people in attendance, Rick, what's the exact number? You, you always know this stuff. Yeah. It's Rob. It's like less than that. Actually yeah. it's only about 3000 and it's only open for yep. the kids at Williamsport, their coaches and their families. families. So as you said, intimate up close and personal, the players literally get out of the dugout and go up into the stands and say hi to the players and pictures and autographs. And it's just so magical seeing this, this come together, the young and the bridging. It's a bridging of uh, gaps right there. And then also uh, I just love the nicknames too. They, instead of having their names on the back of the jerseys, they have nicknames, which are hilarious. (laughs) Rob, it's a great thing that major league baseball does. Another just example of why we love America's pastime and uh, fast forwarding um, typically at the end of summer, uh, maybe in early September around labor day, the last few years we've gotten treated to uh, some classics out in Dyersville, Iowa, Mm. which is uh, home of the movie Field of Dreams. And this year there won't be a game, and it's because uh, Frank Thomas, the Hurt, as they call him, he he actually is part of like an ownership group in Dyersville, and uh, it had been years, some would say decades in the making, but they're looking at building out a youth baseball and softball complex, something that might, if uh, our listeners are familiar with, uh, resemble Cooperstown and wow. the Dream Park setting. So they're going to try to make an iconic uh, place for uh, youth to come and, and see what you and I saw a decade ago. How cool is that? Wow, that's so cool. That is very, very cool. These players, Rob, all year long uh, are going to be playing for one thing, and that's to get to the postseason with the hopes of of hoisting that commissioner's trophy that we talked about. And, Rob, there's there's a lot to unpack as we 
continue to talk about the preview and what to expect. First and foremost here, scheduling is going to look a lot different this year. It's the first time ever that there's going to be, quote unquote, a new balanced schedule in which all 30 teams will play each other at least once like they do in the NBA and the NHL. It's going to have a lot more parity in the schedules opposed to the old ways of very division heavy. So all teams are going to get a chance to travel and play each other. It's going to bring some really cool matchups to the table. Yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting. I, I think it's going to be great because they're going to be able to reflect on the playoffs and know exactly how those teams played. And then the World Series, too, they're going to be like, oh, they already played them. This is how it shaked out. So you'll have, you know, some familiarity with that. Uh, that's a that, good that, point, Rob. That's a really good point that you make. And um, I think that'll be something to watch for as we get into the postseason. Yeah. And I think the Astros, they're going to be defending their World Series victory over the Philadelphia Fightin' Phillies. What an epic story it was coming out of Philly with arguably the worst team to make the playoffs, uh, making it all the way to the World Series. I live in southern New Jersey, uh, just outside of Philadelphia, and this place was rocking. I, I, I'm kudos to you. I am impressed with you just taking the lead on this topic here and biting a bullet. I As a Mets be, fan. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a sensitive oh. subject. You know, your whole city was really wrapped up in it. <laughs> yes, I know. I know you're a Mets fan. You got the blue and orange blood, but um, I saw the passion that your household had on display last year and uh, it was exciting. The Astros, I think were just the better team. The story of Dusty Baker getting the elusive World Series championship so cool. ring. Uh, I'm hoping that the Phillies have some magic again. I'd love to see Bryce Harper back in it. Um, just, you know, again, really awesome World Series. Great postseason last mm. year. And uh, can the Astros repeat? That's going to be a storyline to follow. That's the big uh, question right there. Another storyline this year, Rob are going to be all the coaches, the new managers this year. And um, the Philadelphia Phillies, Rob Thompson, uh, that name sounds familiar because he was the interim manager last year after Joe Girardi. I like how you pronounce that interim. In, in term. In, interim. I wanted, that's exactly how it's pronounced. That's the correct way. My verbiage is uh, always accurate, or at least I try to make it accurate at least in my mind. Go on. <laughs> so Coach Thomas, he, Rob, he took over a team that was one of the worst in Major League Baseball. He righted the ship. He got them into the postseason and took them, well, to the fall classic, coming up just a little bit short. So um, naturally, the Phillies were impressed. They re-signed him and took off the interim tag. He's the head manager. I'm excited to see what he can do uh, first year as full-time coach from spring training on. Next, You've got the Angels, the Blue Jays, Texas Rangers, Miami Marlins, Chicago White Sox, and the Kansas City Royals, all with new managers. So is there somebody, a rookie of the year, if you will, that can catch lightning in a bottle here and, and just make a scene their first year in on as a manager? I don't know. What do you think, Rob? Any of those teams stand out to you? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, like Rob Thompson is, is obviously a legend Philly Rob. Everybody loves him in the city. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough research on all these managers, but 
I do find it interesting that uh, the Phillies and the Marlins have new managers, and that's in the Mets, uh, the Mets division. So you know, gotcha. So this is a very Mets Mets centric preview. (laughs) All you're thinking about, I'm thinking about. You didn't even do any research in preparation for this episode. I understand. You fed, we'll, you fed me everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going with things to watch for this year. Hey, hey you, you have a kid and you, you get back to me on that one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of things you're going to notice a little bit different this year, Rob, and you're starting to see it in more sports, but there's some uniform uh, changes going on here. So um, first uh, you're going to start to see some uh, ads, some advertisements, sponsorships, logos of companies some of which you've never heard of before but you're going to start to see them on uh uniforms and it's just a way for more teams to make more money but uh several teams like the d-backs red Sox, rays astros angels and padres um you're also going to see um the twins they made a little tweak to their logo and to Mm -hmm. their uniforms i think my personal favorite rob is the kansas city royals adding their powder blue pants. They've had the powder blue top, but now they've got a powder blue pant for this season. I'm I excited. Liked, I always liked the logo. I always liked them. They they were great. The the Kansas City. Anytime there's powder blue, just a sucker for it. Like the Chargers. Jeez, come on. It's a great color. You can put that, you can slap it on pretty much anything <laughs> and it's going to look good. You it's could put good. it on a pig and it's going to look good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, That's Rob, this year, this year is going to be uh, an emotional year. It's going to be a farewell year. It's going to be a sailing into the sunset kind of year for two Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, I would anticipate here. Miggy! Got Miggy. Miguel Cabrera, uh, Detroit Tiger through and through. You and I actually shagged balls from him out during batting baseballs baseballs to be correct baseballs we got into a tigers game early and it was just it was cool and i remember seeing him up at bat he he hit a home run in that game he sure did and when i used to work for a major league baseball team announcing for their spring training games i remember saying to myself announcing miguel cabrera and saying wow he's going to the hall of fame one day and I just told him to get his butt up to plate. What'd you say? Give me the give me the roll call. Now batting number twenty three for the Detroit Tigers, Miguel Cabrera. You have to do it very monotone when it's the opposing team. You, right, you but give me give me an Astro team. one. Give me an Astro. Well, I'm not going to do that here. But why not? Just give it. Fine, just... I'll do it. I'll do it. Now batting number two. Jose Altuve. Oh, I like how you how you drug out the you right there, Altuve. You got to get creative with it. And some would say that Adam Wainwright, a St. Louis Cardinal, has been the most creative that anyone can be in a major league baseball career. Talk this to man me, has talked to me. Reinvented himself time and time again, whether it's pitching or fielding, or batting, Rob. Um, You know, you sit back, and uh, some names just stick out on paper as like, oh, he's a Hall of Famer, he's a legend. And then you start to think about like, well, there's another tier of guys that have just had such a profound impact on the game throughout their career. 
10, 15 years, you, whatever it ends up being. And Adam Wainwright's one of those guys. He's won the world series. He's been in just dominant force for the Cardinals. um, And he's going to probably go to the hall one day. So I I think I remember this, but tell me about his career. He started off as a pitcher, right? Didn't he start off as a pitcher? That's right, Rob. That's right. And he just couldn't get it done anymore. You know, he lost a little something off his, on the fastball, but he says, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not done. Put me in the field. Coach, I can play. And uh, they found him a spot in the outfield. He's moved around a little bit. He's making play after play. He's got a cannon for an arm. He always is in the top percentile when it comes to uh, putouts, assists from the outfield, whether it's at home plate or a different base. But um, cannon for an arm. He can hit the stick. Uh, just a great player and uh, a consummate pro, if you will. <laughs> well, that was good. I like that. And uh, yeah, with a pitching uh, background, I'm sure he had a laser uh, for an arm out there. Sure did. All right, Rob. Now, this is where we've really got to help our listeners here because it's a lot. And I needed some time to digest it. I'm sure you're going to mm-hmm, regurgitate mm-hmm. some of this and not even know what it means. Yeah. But for the first time that I can recall, we are having a revamped league some significant rule changes more so than i've ever seen in any other sport in one off season absolutely there's three major categories being revamped here we got the pitch timer shift restrictions and bigger bases so be on the be on the lookout for this stuff the pitch timer i we need to talk about this the pitch timer 15 pitchers have 15 seconds with the bases empty to throw the ball to home plate uh, they have 20 seconds with runners on hitters get one timeout per plate appearance. And it, they must be in the batter's box with eight seconds left. Pitchers get two uh, disengagements, pickoff attempts or step offs per batter. And if they overstep the two pun intended, if they go to three, it's a bulk and the runner advances. Uh, limits on pickoff attempts led to a 20%, 26% increase in stolen base attempts in the minors. So a little bit more action, a little bit more fun stolen bag attempts. And then the pitch timer helped reduce the game length by 25 minutes in the minors in 2022. So Rick, I love how they're test piloting these in the minors and seeing how it helps out the minors and then using that in the pros. What are your thoughts on all these? Well, Rob, you said it there and you touched on a lot of buzzwords and you're absolutely right. This is meant to uh, increase action in Major League Baseball, getting base runners moving around the base paths, uh, limiting the amount of times a pitcher can just throw over and really also increasing the speed in which pitches are delivered to home plate. Um, It's a great rule. It's going to be new, guys. There's going to be a clock. We've seen it a little bit um, during commercial breaks, actually. Major League Baseball a few years ago implemented a 90-second clock in between innings so that teams weren't lollygagging out there. Pitchers weren't just, like, taking their time, throwing as many pitches as they want. There was actually a pitch timer um, within innings as teams switched over the field from offense to defense. Now we're just going to see a little bit more clock integrated into uh, the game that we love. So uh, it's going to take some time getting used to. But all in all, the results speak for themselves. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Look, I think it's great. Like just off the cuff, I think it's fantastic. Look, baseball, like I said prior, is getting a lot of flack for just not being exciting, taking too long. I look, Rick, I gotta be honest, man. I'm a busy guy. You're a busy guy. You got family. I got a family. I don't have three and a half, four hours to dedicate to watching the Mets every single Saturday from like one to five or 12 to five or whatever it is, you know, in extra innings. So anything they can do to get it to a reasonable, like two and a half, three hours, three, three and a little change, you know, that would be fantastic. Cause that's like the NFL, the games start at one and they're pretty much always over around four. So you're three, three hours, right? That's the goal. Basketball. You, it's like two and a half. You did such a good job, Rob, laying out the first rule change. Lay out the second one here for everybody. You got it. But did you see that like eight second strikeout? How crazy was that? You saw that on ESPN, right? Wild. The pitcher just literally got in through it, through it, through it, three strikes, the guys. <laughs> now, the next the next rule change is shift restrictions. So all throughout last year and the previous years, you've seen these absurd defensive shifts where uh, the statistics show that a batter is a pull batter. So a lefty pulls the ball down the first base path. So you've seen pretty much where the entire infield goes over to the right side and leaves the left side completely wide open. And even though the batter knows that it's wide open, just their natural tendencies tend to pull the ball. And very rarely do they ever poke it to the left side where it's a guaranteed base hit. So MLB just stepped in and just said, no, 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 no. Two infielders must be positioned on either side of second base when the pitch is released. All four infielders uh, must have both feet within the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber. And then shift restrictions increase the batting average and uh, increase the batting average and decrease strikeouts in the minors while giving players more opportunity to show off their athleticism. Yes. And a great example of that, Rob, is if you think about it, rather than having three or four, four yeah, players put on one side of the infield where basically anywhere you hit the ball, it's going to be just a routine ground out or line drive. You're now putting players back in the positions, quote unquote, where they were meant to be. And it's going to allow us as viewers to see some miraculous catches by the middle infielders, by the first and third basemen diving in foul mm-hmm. territory. Um, yeah, that's what they're looking for. Again, going back to more action, this is the goal. It's going to take away a little bit of an analytical component to baseball we were seeing. I mean, Rob, teams were basically, and they still do, have uh, this analytics or data uh, departments running numbers, metrics, all this type of, you know, numbers to try to get their odds the best they can. And um, there was a lot of people that were basically just on staff responsible for managing the shift and both as a defense and then as a hitting team. But um, that's all gone away with now because the shift really just, I think it sounds like has had a more so negative impact on the game than a positive one. So we're going to get back to the yeah. uh, way we remember I, it as kids. I think that there's going to be some shifty players where I'm reading what you have laid out here with the two infielders must be positioned on either side of second base. And I don't know if that's the formal like 
dead on balls accurate. My cousin Vinny uh, reference there, <laughs> but I don't know if that's 100% it, but I bet you we're going to see a team where they have the shortstop and the third baseman literally standing next to each other on second base, like just to the left side as the pitch is being released. And then as it's being released and after it's released, the, the shortstop slides over into the shift. <laughs> Rob, you're absolutely right. This I is bet you a team's going to try it. <laughs> this is not going to take away the creativity and we're going to see some fun stuff this year. Talk to the listeners about the third big change this year. And when I say big, I mean big. Bigger bases. I like big bases and I cannot lie. So first, second, and third base are going to be increased from 15 inches to 18 inches square. The bigger bases are expected to have a positive impact by reducing by by impacting player safety and making it safer for uh, runners to get down to first base, you know, second base, third base, and all that. The distance reduced by uh, th- uh, reduced by three inches from home uh, to first and home to third, and reduced by four point five inches uh, to uh, first to second and second uh, to third. So the biggest, the big bases, they reduce injuries um, um, by more than 13% in the minors in 2022. So it's been tested in the minors. Um, there was a lot of collisions there, especially at first base. There was a lot of collisions at first base, um, whether you hit it to the pitcher and the pitcher's running over to first base to try to put you out and miscommunication with the first baseman and batter running down. Lots of collisions there. Rob, some players have said it looks like there's big white pizza boxes on the infield, and they're definitely going to be noticeable, all right? There's no doubt about it. The players' feet didn't grow in the offseason to uh, offset this uh, increase, so we're going to notice it. It's going to be something just like the clock, um, just like all the other rule changes, Rob. We're We're going to notice it this year. There's no doubt about it. But fast forward three years, five years, a decade from now, it's going it. to just be what we're used to. And I love players' safety. Nothing's worse than seeing a really good player out for the year because something fluke happened. Somebody stepped on somebody's hand or foot. So stoked about that. Yeah. And again, more action. Um, that little difference, those couple inches are going to um, affect how much more Players are stealing um, bases and running around. It's about the six inches in between your ears. It's about the six Six inches. inches In front of your face. (laughs) Inches are all around us. (laughs) Rick, and, you know, just a point right there. One of my, I I don't know, I guess I uh, quote quote, uh, the Dark Knight. I I just love chaos. I just (laughs) love chaos. One of my favorite things to see in baseball, and I – Knock on wood, hope it doesn't happen to the Mets. But one of my favorite things to see is that ground ball down the first baseline or the third baseline where it's going to be routine. And then all of a sudden it skips off the bag and darts in a random direction. And with these three inches, these these bigger bases, it's going to happen more. You're right, Rob. I didn't even think about that. But that's a funny blooper reel that we can <laughs> anticipate to see this year. Probably just slightly a little bit more. 
All, All right, right, Jim Nance. Jeez, that was good. <laughs> We're talking about base sizes and you just hit us with the <laughs> Hello Friends version. <laughs> Here we go, Rob. Let's get to what the listeners now want to know. They're going to be putting their bets in this week before the season starts. They want to know who's winning the divisions, who's taking home the crown. Yeah. yeah. Last year, Rob, the Yankees did very well. The Blue Jays also had a strong season. The Rays and the Orioles, and it was the Red Sox in the gutter this year. Do you have any thoughts on this American League East division? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I I, uh, I think we're going to go Yankees again. Um, really like them a lot. Uh, Blue Jays probably again. Uh, uh, and then I, and then I would go Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are going to make it into third, maybe, maybe sneak in the playoff picture right there. And then, uh, and then we're going to go to Rays and Orioles. Okay, cool. Well, I have a division that looks just a little slightly different and, um, I think it's the Red Sox. I think they jump up from the gutter, uh, last year. They re-signed a few players, a couple big off-season acquisitions, um, I agree with you that the Yankees are going to win the division again. They've just got so much firepower. Uh, they've got the home run king himself, Aaron Judge. I like the Red Sox to actually bump up enough to slip in as a wild card team this year. I think the Blue Jays regress. I think the Rays regress. Um, the Jays are, it's a popular pick, but they're, okay, they got a new manager. Things didn't work out last year as planned. Last year was supposed to be the big year. And, um, well, we'll see, man, but it should be a really fun division to watch. I also am excited for the central division in the American league. What do you got on that one? You've got the Cleveland guardians who won the division last year. The white Sox were, uh, right on their heels. And then the twins, tigers and Royals. I don't think much is going to change in the bottom half of the division. I think the guardians step up this year. They've got some really great pitchers. We've got a friend of the pod, Shane McCarthy, in their uh, minor league uh, system right now. Does he make an appearance this year? It might be next year, but hopefully it's this year. I like the Guardians to win. I also think the White you know Sox. damn well we're driving out for that game, too. Like, I'm driving out. I'm booking a flight as soon as it happens. Wherever it happens, we're getting there. It could be in Cleveland. It could be on the road. Who knows? That's true. But it could be on the road. Shane McCarthy, we're rooting for you, brother. Can't wait to see you. Uh, make your debut. I got the Guardians, Rob. White Sox also going to make the playoffs. What do you say? Yeah, I'm going to go with Guardians too. That's strictly because of Shane McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then I'm going to go White Sox. Then I'm going to go. I'm going to go Royals, Tigers, Twins. It's just that powdered blue pant that we talked about earlier that's got you. I think with the yeah, Royals. Yeah, exactly. They had a I'll rough season there. last year, Rob. Really tough I, stuff team that didn't have a rough season last year was the Houston Astros, the World Series champion Houston Astros. They've lost some guys. Justin Verlander, one of their key players. Um, He's out of town, Rob. He's out of town. Um, I still think they uh, are in such a weak division that, um, well, I just think that the Astros are going to get it done. Call me crazy here. I live in Dallas, not too far away from Arlington, where the Texas Rangers play their baseball. They have spent a lot of money this offseason. I think the Rangers are going to surprise some players, teams, and everybody out there. That's my wild pick for this year, Rob, is I think the Rangers come in second in the division and slip into the wild card. 
Okay. I like that. Yeah. I mean, they got Jacob DeGrom from us. Phenomenal pickup. He's going to be phenomenal for you guys in Dallas, Arlington area. And it's a shame to see him go. Wish we, wish we could have won one with him, but uh, yeah, I think, look, I think the Astros just have it on a stranglehold at this point. It's like kind of rooting against the, the, um, the Patriots, to be honest, like the, the, I feel like they have that on lock. Uh, I'm going to go a little different route here. I think that the uh, Los Angeles angels of Anaheim are going to come in second. Uh, really love Otani after that world baseball classic. Are you kidding me? What can't this guy do? What He's can't this guy do? Uh, absolutely absurd. Uh, and then I'll go with the Rangers. Uh, and then, and then we're going to go with the Mariners and the athletics. So the Mariners uh, had some Mariners had some young players last year. Uh, they had an exciting the finish to the year. They're hosting the MLB all-star game. As we talked about earlier in the podcast, um, should be an exciting time in Seattle. Uh, I think they might just come up a little short. We'll see. Now, the division that you keep your eyes on every day of the year, all 162 box scores. It is are, painful. It is painful. You are always following your beloved Mets. Um, Rob, last year, last year the Braves edged them out at the end of the season and the seemed to make a off. difference. We'll yeah, they always do in 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 Queens true, with these, in true Met fashion. <laughs> uh, here's the difference, though. Um, I like the Mets this year, Rob. I like what they've done. I like the energy the ownership is bringing. I like the spending, baby, trying to compete with their crosstown rival Yankees. Um, the Braves, they're a great team. I think they both get in. But I think it's the Mets that win the division this year, Robbie. You think the Mets are going to win the division, and that's spoken from a Mets fan right here. Keep an eye out for it. You can book it now, brother. What I think might happen is the Phillies might miss the playoffs. Sorry. You think the Phillies? Man. Because it's it's three teams, isn't it now? Or is it two? Well, it's not three teams from each division, Rob. So again, in preparation for an MLB podcast preview episode, I'm going to request that if we do an episode, (laughs) anything going forward that you put in it (laughs) of research. I have research. I just forget, man. There's a lot of sports going on. There is. So what do you think of this division? All right. Well, I was really liking them, but then Edwin Diaz got hurt in the world baseball classic celebrating. So that totally destroyed it for me. They have to find a new closer. I think it's season ending injury, um, which sucks. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, the Mets are not going to finish first because of that. They're going to have problems with closing. They're going to need to figure out who they can get. The guy was electric yesterday or last year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Braves repeating again. Uh, then I'm going to, then I'm going to go with the Mets. I, I think, I think they find a way to get it done. I think the Phillies come in third, but it's a flip between the Mets and the Phillies, to be honest. Like, I'm just, I'm just being honest here. I just got to be honest. It's, uh, you know, I think the Mets make the playoffs. I think they, they, they play well in three teams make the playoffs from this division. It's the one to watch Mets, Braves, Phillies, toss them around. They're all three going to make the playoffs. So that would be exciting. Uh, that would yeah, be really yeah. cool. I mean, it was the same thing as last year. So it's like, you know, I think all three of those teams have a stranglehold on the playoffs. I think they're going to make it all three of them. Uh, the Phillies spent massive money this off season. I mean, even though I'm a Mets fan, I live 10 minutes from Philadelphia. Uh, Trey Turner, this dude is a beast and they signed him to like a decade. It's him and Bryce Harper for decade. <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> watch out people and then, watch and then that. Schwarber and like they can just hit they can just pummel the ball right 
Um, it it kind of stinks. Reese Hoskins uh, is out for the year with a season ending injury from spring training, which is a bummer. Um, but yeah, I think it's the, it's the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, Marlins, and then the nationals. And then moving on to the uh, NL central, uh, you know, I like my cubbies, baby. I like the cubbies to win it. Oh, um, you yeah, like the cubs too. I, so love the cubs. I love the cubbies to win it. Uh, you know, I, I like Adam Wainwright. I like, I, I'd like for him to his story to continue would love uh, to see the Cardinals in the playoffs. So we're going two Cardinals. Uh, and then we're going to go three Brewers and f- like, I don't know, I guess uh, Reds finish last since he finishes last. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Cool. Well, I'm taking the Cubs in the division as well. They were middle of the road last year. I think they bump up. They make some things happen. And we're seeing postseason baseball at Wrigley Field. That would be awesome. Absolutely. The last division to cover, Rob, is the National League West. And this division, Rob, in my opinion, is the stacked, loaded division right here. Uh, you had last year the Dodgers win it, the Padres, the Giants, the D-backs, the Rockies in that respective order. We spent time out in the desert, Rob. We went to Chase Field and saw the Diamondbacks play. Uh, great stadium, awesome atmosphere. I don't think they're going to get it done this year. Same with the Rockies at Coors Field. Love, love that ballpark. Love the uniforms, but I don't think they have the talent on the team to make the postseason. I believe that this is the year for the San Diego Padres to get it wow. done. Wow. Yep. You can book it yep. now. Padres win the division. The San Francisco Giants in the Bay make it to the postseason. And so too do the LA Dodgers. So that's wow. my three team wild card division wow 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 okay well i will i will go with the padres winning it i think uh this is hop on hop on pensions last year really hurt them uh 82 games for peds uh that'll do it to you uh so uh you know they're gonna be at full strength i really like that team love their stadium love their pa announcer he's absolutely fantastic a friend of the pod the pod i'm gonna go dodgers make it out of uh, of their giants finish in third uh d-backs and rockies however you want to chop it up at the bottom but i'm gonna i'm gonna say that this is stadium wise when we get to our stadiums the nl west is phenomenal all these stadiums are absolutely fantastic if you're looking to go to a game definitely check out those stadiums agree the west coast bias is not a thing on the brothers brand podcast we grew up in the east coast we love our west coast baseball it's good stuff now let's talk about what everybody also wants to know is who do you have it in the American League Championship Series? Who do you have it in the National League Championship Series when all the marbles are on the table? Who do you have, Rob? I mean, it's hard not to pick the Astros, right? Like the Astros, they have the Yankees number. Uh, the Yankees are always looking fantastic. The Brox Bombers. Um, I want to look, I want the Yankees to be in it because I feel like they, I mean, look, the payroll is absolutely absurd. They get whoever they want, but at the same time, they haven't made it to a world series. So I would love to see the Yankees in the world series this year. That would be really cool. Uh, just so you think, you think you've got the Yankees defeating the Astros in the American league championship series. Correct. That would be cool. That would be so telling about the last five to seven years. The Yankees and the Astros going at it in the American League. Balance it out. You know, beat the Astros one time. They've beat you like, what, three or four times at this point in the playoffs? It was like when the Cavaliers and LeBron were playing the Golden State Warriors. There was always like, 
you know, the Warriors really had their edge until LeBron got his one. So maybe the Yankees slipped through here. I like that prediction, though. That's cool. What about on the NL side? Oh, man. Jeez, the NL side. Ah, dude, I think that uh, I love the Padres. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna come down to the Padres and uh, the Mets, baby. Wow, wow, wow! If that's not a homer pick, I don't know what is. You just told me that they had no closer. They'd be lucky to get into the postseason, but you think they're gonna go on a run like the Phillies did last year and somehow make it to the championship? series for the national. I think I think they are and I think they're going to win it and we're going to see a subway series this year. Wow, we saw one back in 2000. How cool was that? We remember it like it was yesterday. Mets versus Yankees. That my friend would be pretty special. I've got a memorable uh repeat or um nostalgic matchup as well in my World Series. Give First, give it to me. I have the Yankees knocking off the Guardians in the ALCS. And the Padres, like you, in the NLCS. But I've got them defeating the new, excuse me, San Francisco Giants. I almost said the New York Giants, which is very interesting because I wasn't thinking of the football team. I wanted to bring up that the San Francisco Giants used to be in New York. That's true. And they shipped off to the West Coast. And the Brooklyn and Dodgers. Years later, that's right, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Years later that the Mets became blue and orange. And the orange came from the Giants, Rob. And the blue came from the Brooklyn Dodgers. It was a tribute to both teams that left. Uh, and if you really want to get specific, I had to look up what a Dodger was. I was like, what the heck is a Dodger? And apparently they had trolleys. <laughs> and train systems in Brooklyn a long time ago in the early 1900s. And uh, people would dodge the trolleys like to, like to get out of the way. And they were just like a Dodger, a Dodger, a Dodger. And so that became the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> Only on the Brothers Brand Podcast can you get this detail. And, and Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. <laughs> you can also go online. The World Wide Web does on, contain on, on the line, on the line. But, Rob, I have the San Diego Padres defeating the New York Yankees in a seven-game World Series that's reminiscent of the 1998 World Series when Scott Brocious for the New York Yankees was the third baseman and the World Series MVP. Tony Gwynn was in it. It was magical. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go as to far as saying magical. Didn't they get swept or like yeah, one yeah, game or yeah, something? No, it was, like it was, it was a, not it magical was, at all. It was a it was clean a, sweep. I uh, mean, that, that Yankees team in the 90s with Jeter, uh, Mariano, Tino, Edgar, like all of them, all of them were absurd. Right. So, Rob, for me, <laughs> I like the Padres to win it. Do you think the Padres are going to defeat the Mets or is this a magical year for your your Mets? Well, no, I said the Mets and the Yankees play in the World Series. Oh, my apologies. I'm sorry. And the Yankees, some... and the Yankees win because the, the Yankees, Yankees win. win. All right, cool. So, but Stevie got... Cohen's spending, baby. He's spending. You bet he's spending. Can can the brothers Brandt get a little some some? Little some some. Now, saying. here's what I got, Rob. In addition to the Padres winning, first and foremost, I love their manager Bob Melvin. This guy. He's a baseball lifer. Okay, uh, Bob hard, Melvin. It's hard to trust a guy with two names, two first names. The people love him, all right? The players love him. <laughs> the city loves him. And then you take a look. Think about the pitching staff here. Ready for this? The Padres have Hugh Darvish, 
Josh Hader, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snail, and Cole Hamels, friend of the pod, by the way. Friend of the pod. That's their arms. And then in the field and at the plate, they've got Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., not on steroids, and Nelson Cruz. So that lineup's going to be brutal. The pitching staff is going to be brutal to face. And I believe Manny Machado goes on to become the 2023 MLB MVP. Do you have any MVP predictions, Rob? Oh, man. Aaron Judge. Again? (laughs) Again. That would be epic. Do you think he do you think he breaks his own record? He could. He could. I don't know, but this this pitch clock is going to be different. I don't I don't think he breaks it because of the pitch clock. I think the I think I I think I think the pitch clock is is going to be tough for batters this year. Good but, point. And I think that's a fair statement. I think that's probably a true accurate uh, assessment of it all. I'm excited to see how things shake out. I'm looking forward yeah. to opening day. I know you are looking yeah. forward to opening day. It's a special time of year, folks. Yeah. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy this podcast. Uh, continue to just tune in for content after content after content, as you like to say, Robbie boy. And uh, thanks for listening. I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt, and we're the Brothers Brandt. Thank you for listening.